Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe and believing obey. Amen. What goes around comes around. That's how it was with the widow's library. I love the story of the widow's library. I've told it many times and now I tell it to you. It is among my first days serving as a pastor, fresh from the protective walls of the seminary, and I knew almost no one in the community. I receive an invitation from the woman who lives at a retirement village, a widow, to come to her home and pick through her library. Her husband has recently died and he was a pastor and there are, she suggests, some books that I might be interested in and I am welcome to take whatever I like. Confused by the layout of the retirement village, I tentatively pull up next to a small house hoping it's hers and she opens the door before I can knock and she invites me in. It isn't easy, our conversation. I'm young, I'm just beginning. One day, perhaps her husband was like me, fresh out of seminary, but now he's gone. And she shows me the shelves and runs her finger along the spine of one and she must be thinking about how he touched these books, how he carried them how he wrote from them. She acts as if she doesn't need them anymore. She acts as if she doesn't want them. But how can that be? I feel like I'm invading her privacy. I'm a voyeur in her library. I'm looking and taking, but part of me feels like I shouldn't, like I'm entering an intimate part of her world. And so I treat it as such. I flip through the pages of the books. I don't know all of the titles. Some are old and in my mind, outdated. Some are classics that I already own. Others seem interesting and so I set them off to the side. And part of me wants to take books that I don't even want just to make her feel like I value them in the same way that he did, in the, in the same way that she does. And so I settle on this small box of books. Later, I will empty the contents of the box to various shelves in my office. And there they sat. Some of them continue to sit on my shelves today and, and there they will sit for the foreseeable future, if nothing else, as, as an homage to her generosity and her love. And there is a regret in me that, that they don't do more than sit. There is a regret in me that, that the covers don't crack and that the pages don't dance in my fingers. 
There is one book. There's, there is one small book, however. The story of the widow illustrates how difficult giving can be. Not because we're selfish, but, but because we're unsure about giving. Think of the questions she might have been asking. Who is this young man? She must have been asking that, wondering that about me as we shared that awkward conversation. Will he take care of the books like my husband did? Will he, will he treasure these books? What will he do with this gift, with my generosity? Can I trust him with it? And when Paul writes to the early church in Corinth, he writes to an unsure, a questioning community as well. All of this is, is new to them. Like with the widow, like with us, the Corinthian community is unsure. They have questions. They're unsure how to give and, and what to give and when to give. So here, near the end of the letter, after all of his good theology, after all of his work unpacking the, the gift of God's new work in Jesus Christ, Paul means to encourage them in their work and offer a roadmap for the next steps in their journey together. And so he answers their question. Their question about how to give. Set aside each of you, Paul says, each of you, something of your treasure every week for the work we're doing together. Now remember, the Corinthian community is very new. There are, there are no long-standing members to carry the load. They are both rich and poor, and, and still financial giving is something that, according to Paul, everyone does, no matter their estate. Each of you, he says, each of us. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that clarity assuring, you know, that I'm not left out of the expectation. Rarely, in fact, is the Bible so clear about expectations as it is clear when it comes to this question about, about giving. And so as we question, it answers. When we question, when we ask, why pledge to the church when we don't know what the, the economic climate is going to bring? What does Paul say? Each of us have something to go around. We have expenses that other people don't have. When we get this paid off or that, we'll give to the church. Paul says, Yes, but each of us has something to go around. There are a lot of people, we might say, with a lot more money than us here. Paul would say, yes, that might be true, but each of us has something to go around. Each of us has something to go around. And each of us, each of us has seen it come around. Each of us has seen it come around, too. 
Who has been encouraged by the way that this church has given and given again? Over $30,000 to COVID relief help to frontline workers for children and their education and to help small businesses stay afloat. Over $20,000 more has been given by this church to relieve over $28 million in medical debt for the people in the city of Pontiac. And just last, just last month, over $17,000 to the crop walk to end world hunger, the highest amount raised by this church in at least three years. Who is encouraged by that? Each of us, I think. That encouragement, it comes around. Who has been inspired by the energy, imagination, and love that Pastor Kelsey is already bringing to the ministry with youth here at the Kirk? Around campfires, outside, and in service, and mission, with ice cream trucks? Who has been inspired by her work? Each of us, because it comes around. Who has stayed spiritually healthy by the, by the countless video devotionals and Zoom classes and bedtime stories and small groups put together by Pastor Angela? Each of us, because it comes around. Who has found well-being through the service and community activities organized by our leadership here at the Kirk? Yoga and, and meal packing and furniture delivery and accent Pontiac and the list goes on. Each of us, each of us have found meaning through this place because it, it comes around. Who has been uplifted by the music made from our bell tower and from our choirs? Each of us, it comes around. And who has been comforted in knowing that the church will continue to be leading the community in worship online and in person in creative and inspiring ways, no matter if the rest of the world shuts down, who's experienced that comfort in the last six or seven months? Each of us, because it comes around. Who has been made well in some way this year because Kirk in the Hills was here? Each of us because it comes around. And so each of us, each of us, those of us that lead the church here, members of our boards have already pledged and we hope that each of us will have prayed and dreamt alongside our church leadership and that you too will pledge, knowing that if ever there was a year to look deep into what each of us can give, that this is the year and believing that even as we live in a time when things are unsure, we believe that what goes around does come around. A few years after I visited that widow and her library, I readied myself to take communion to a very ill child. And this child only lived a month longer than my communion visit. That's how ill she was. And on the day of this story, she was readying to leave for Texas for what her mother told me was a Hail Mary treatment. And I assembled a communion kit, 
a juice and crackers and a, a small wooden box. And I look in my office for a small Bible to take along with me. And big ones are all I can find, these big clumsy ones. And so I scan my shelves for something smaller and my hand comes across one small book from the widow's library. It is a book of common worship, a small prayer book that most pastors have on hand for weddings and, and funerals and pastoral visits. The widow's husband's is hardbacked. And as I open it, I notice that he has left this treasure of poems and scripture verses and ideas tucked inside. And flipping through, I, I find the scripture that I will share with the child and her family that day, typed on this piece of scrap paper in the middle of the book. As she sits up in her hospital bed, this is what I say. As you head to Texas in the days ahead, remember the words of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12. And then I read that type note from inside the book. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Now, several weeks later, I'm sure to include this as a passage that is read at that child's funeral. It's difficult to leave the child on that day because you never know. I mean, you just never know. But I say goodbye after that short visit because I have to. It's a Sunday night and it is my turn to preach at the Sunday night service at the retirement village. They're waiting for me when I arrive. They're waiting to have dinner until I get there. My director of music is there. He'll play for the service. Our soloist is there too. She's going to sing. And the village's chaplain rises to greet me. She's invited a handful of residents to eat with us. Some of those residents I know well. Some of them, I don't know at all. And we sit down at this rectangular table. We're assigned seats so that residents sit next to and across from the church staff we share small talk. My mind, though, is still at the hospital, and so I just pick up my food with my fork. I'm thankful that my director of music is there. He's there carrying the conversation with his wonderful stories from the opera, and, and everyone laughs. And I lift my face, and I look across the table, maybe for the first time, And there she is, the widow, sitting directly across from me on that night. How is she there? Are my eyes deceiving me? Did you, I asked her, are you the one that gave me the books? Yes, she says, that was me. And I put my fork down and the table gets quiet. 
and I tell her how I read aloud her husband's note. And the table is more quiet. And how she feels at the sound of these words, God only knows. But Paul says that the, that the effort we put in, even the money that each of us contributes to the, to the current of God's work, won't leave us empty-handed. God only knows how. God only knows how she was there that night. God only knows how, but the generosity that goes around always seems to come around. May it go around this community and may it come around to you. Amen.